0: FFH recaps tell the summarized story of the different campaigns told throughout Forsyth Fantasy Hour. This recap focuses on episodes 14 through 20 of Hilltopper and Pilgrim Season 2. Soon after the chaos from Nyssen, the departed guardians began to reestablish order back into their group. Grey's sacrifice weighed a massive toll on everyone, and a re-examination of their mission was in order. Although a funeral, or more accurately, a celebration, was on the top of everybody's lists, there was still a handful of tasks left for Emmy and Jack. One of these tasks was relocating the Pumice and Zigabeth, as they had no home to live. The town of Sundew became their home, as it was an agricultural village, that way the Pumice could adapt more comfortably to their new life. On top of that, it was a town Emmy and Jack had roots in, so the village was very happy to welcome new friends. Once the refugees were properly relocated, Emmy took Elliot aside, and the two of them talked about the future. Emmy had lost a lot in her years as an adventurer. With her friends and family on constant missions, always on the brink of danger or even death, Emmy revealed that Elliot always gave her peace and stability, wishing to continue a possible relationship from now on. Elliot happily agreed. Jack spent some time with Sia Flightfeather and Ophelia Brightwood. They desired to learn more about Nerissa Holmes, and if it was ever possible to bring Grey back home. Sia knew that Nerissa could send her mind back and forth through the rifts between No Wishing and Nyssen, Any information on how to accomplish this had been lost. So Sia and Ophelia worked hard to bring their friend back home. Time passed, and the Guardians were ready to begin the celebration for Grey. People from all over the land came to celebrate the young Fire Genasi. The leader of the traveling trio, Burgle Timbers, spoke of their adventures. Many agents from District 6 showed their support. Jack met with Jamie, his brother, who came to honor his brother, Gray. As Jack and Jamie caught up, Jamie explains a tremendous new job he has with the Spark merchants. A trade show for future investors and dealers is happening in the South Coast province in a few days, and Jamie is one of the chief ambassadors for the event. Jack congratulates him on the new endeavors and wishes his plucky brother the best wishes. Quentin gathers Emmy, Jack, and the rest of the core team during the party requesting a short vacation for all of them. Quentin wants to travel to his estate in the Silvered Earth Province and change the departed Guardian's order, as Quentin Shortmarsh is stepping down as team leader. Before anyone can react to this news, someone summons Emmy to receive a letter. Once the District 6 agents clear the man, the messenger warns Emmy of imminent danger. Be wary of House Stahl and protect the Orc Child at all costs. The Orc Child being... Emmy's friend and Jack's youngest sister, Nix. That is what the letter said, with the message written in a familiar tongue. Emmy then realizes that this is her dear friend Roderick the Winter Wolf, now in a human form. Roderick leaves before Emmy can ask any more questions. And then a message is heard by everyone and all over the world of No Wishing. It is a message from the ruler of No Wishing, Lord Orion Stahl. Orion states that the war in the north that he had been waging for 10 years is finally over, and that his enemies, the Calling Hornets, had surrendered. The message from Lord Orion's stall reached the ears of one Silka S. Sazel. The human man Silka was from a family of cheesemongers. The Sazel family name held much weight in the Silvered Earth province. And their good standings with wealthy families also helped their reputation. Now, Silka was a humble man whose only interests were the paranormal and magical artifacts. At a young age, Quentin Shortmarsh became friends with Silka, and as Silka grew older, Quentin wished for him to watch the Shortmarsh estate. Silka happily agreed and made it his sworn duty to protect the Shortmarsh manor. By the time Quentin, Emmy, Jack and the others, Nix, Astrid, Edward Hilltopper, Drewby the goblin child and Elliot Greenkid made it to the manor, Silka nervously made his introduction, and the party got a tour of the estate which Jack was very intrigued by all the magical trinkets. Once everyone was acquainted, dinner began, and the Guardians shared bits of their life, and Silka showed off some of his paranormal equipment. Silka was sure that a ghost had been haunting the halls of the estate for some time now, to which Emmy and Jack were a bit skeptical. Nevertheless, Quentin gathered the party and explained his reason for retirement. After Emmy and Jack's recent adventures, and now that Quinton is returning to his proper age from a lack of experiments Narissa did on him, in his mind, his time as a departed guardian is over. Quentin wishes to live at the estate until he passes, with Astrid acting as his caretaker as she has a background in nursing. Quentin explains that a new generation of guardians need to rise as many former guardians are no longer around. He also wishes for Silka to join the team as his mother was a descendant of Luca Wilkin. One of the original departed guardians. The original departed guardians went to different lands and worlds of Noishing, inspecting and creating the Well Forges so that these wells can harness the world's natural magic. Then, when people and families and armies were interested in the Wellforge's powers, Luca, Orion, and Archimedes made sure to protect the forges and to keep the souls of Noishing safe. When the Well Forges became too powerful and had to be stopped, Luca shut them all down in one instant, but sacrificing her life in the process, thus creating the tradition that Guardians can stay in their gauntlets to live on for the next hero to take their place. By Quentin's request, two Guardians became the new leaders of the departed Guardians. After much deliberation. The first was Edward Hilltopper, for his wise counsel and his experience as an informant. The other was Droopy, the Goblin Child as his pure of heart, would have everyone's best interest in mind. With the new order chosen, everyone retired to their beds, apart from Jack and Silka, They planned on patrolling the grounds of the estate for the night. Despite having guards on duty, Emmy was the first to hear a disturbance in the night, coming from Nyx's chambers. When Emmy went to investigate, she was petrified to see Nicholas Stormborn kidnapping Nyx, along with having a medley of stolen weapons from the manor. Emmy calls to the boys, and the three of them catch up with Nicholas, who turns out to be a different being entirely. The three of them each see the assailant with a different face. Emmy sees Nicholas Stormborn, Silka sees a monstrous bat, and Jack sees the decomposing face of Grey Orange. They all see what they truly fear. And despite innovative thinking, the party wasn't able to stop the creature's master plan. He was going to blow up the manor. Everyone is separated and blown about through the rubble. Taking some time, the party reunites with minor injuries, but still missing Nix. The mystery of the identity of who this ghost terrorist was plagued everyone's minds. But the truth of the matter was, this was a planned attack. The ghost terrorist knew that the Guardians would be here, and his purpose was to kill them and take Nix, as Roderick's message forewarned. Finding a piece of the Ghost Terrorist's armor leads the Guardian to discover that he is another living Wellforge, the most humanoid and sophisticated one the party had ever faced before. Luckily, having a piece of the Wellforge set off Jack's map, giving everybody the ability to see and track the Ghost Terrorist. For reasons still unknown, the Ghost Terrorist's next stop appears to be the Spark Merchant trade show, Wanting to keep the illusion that the ghost terrorist assassination was successful, only Emmy, Jack, and Silka leave to stop the villain and save Nyx. Emmy, Jack, and Silka pose as merchants as they enter the trade show. The party splits as Emmy and Silka look for Nyx, and Jack finds his brother Jamie. While looking around, Emmy and Silka run into Gimbuck and Paxton. The Spark merchants met in Horseshoe Pass. They learn more about the Merchants Guild and find that the ghost terrorist had not been seen. When Jack finds Jamie, he is speaking with the heads of the Spark Merchants, Nico and Oksana Spark. These Goliath vendors encourage Jack to join the Merchants Guild as they are impressed with his social skills. As their conversation continues, Zorva the Magenta Moss name comes up, who is one of Jack's biggest rivals. Zorva is Nico and Oksana's disgraced daughter. You see, the Spark Merchants are pacifists, and Zorva committed the first murder in her clan. Jack comes to the realization that the ghost terrorist must have come to the trade show seeking out Zorva, but he still doesn't understand why. As everyone regroups, Jamie assists the party with finding Nyx, deducting that the only place to hide someone could be in one of the trade show's warehouses outside of the event. As they investigate, Jamie leaves to tend to an unknown emergency with the Sparks and their security team. Zorva had been spotted on the premises. Thankfully, in the warehouse, the party finds Nyx, Scared but unharmed, as everyone makes their escape, three minions of the ghost terrorist attack. Emmy and Jack fend off the attackers, and Silka taps into a new magical power. The strength of this Wellforge pulls out the magic in his Welkin bloodline, giving him the abilities of sense and premonitions. They capture and interrogate a couple of the minions, and using the minions to speak, the ghost terrorist offers a deal. He needs to find and kill Zorva Spark, but he's having trouble doing so. So if the party can bring her to him, he'll let all of them go. The power of the ghost terrorist affected everyone's emotion, especially Nyx, who wanted nothing to do with her kidnapper and forced the party to not agree to the ghost terrorist's terms. Leaving the warehouse, the party reaches the central plaza and they bump into Paxton and Gimbuck again. This time, Paxton seems more frazzled than ever before. In a brash decision, he denounces his partnership with Gimbuck and forces Emmy, Jack, Nix, and Silka to enter an empty building. There, Paxton holds everyone hostage and reveals that he's been working with the Ghost Terrorist, a mercenary who had been hired by Orion Stahl. Paxton lost his status and access to House Stahl's fortune. He was hoping to get in good favors with the king, so Paxton promised to work with the Ghost Terrorist, who turns out to be named the Forge of Fear or just Fear for short. Fear's mission was to hunt down the rest of the departed guardians, kill them, and kill the members of the Insect Glaive. According to Paxton, if all of these people are dead, then no one can learn about Orion's misuse of the Wellforge's magic. And now Nyx was essential to this plot, as she turns out to be the Insect Glaive's leader, the Hive King's daughter. Nyx's mother was Orion Stahl's former lover, who chose Hive King over him. With Paxton monologuing Lord Orion's plan, Fear forced his hand and planned to, once again, blow everyone up. As the trade show went ablaze, Nyx fought with Paxton, giving everybody time to leave. Coming to their aid, Roderick, now in Wolf form, leads the group out of danger. Chaos ensued with the Spark Merchant security dealing with the fires and our party looking for a place of safety. But before that can happen, Fear reappears, taking Silka. Fear senses Silka's lineage and wishes to learn more about his new abilities. Emi and Jack are helpless to stop Fear, the ghost terrorist, and Silka vanishes. Nix is safe, which was everyone's goal, and Silka learned bravery and experienced departed guardian life firsthand. And Emmy and Jack learned that the King of No Wishing has it out for them, as well as many others. It's time to get some answers. And quite possibly, They'll have to pay a visit to some older acquaintances. People say, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Thanks for listening to Forsyth Fantasy Hour, a podcast created by Scott D. Forsyth. Hosted by Tristan Lagan, Vicky Forsyth, and Scott D. Forsyth, with Ben Looper. Intro and outro theme composed and performed by Popsky. Logo and art created by Breddy Boop, with additional music and sound effects provided by Audioblocks. Until the next episode, stay safe, adventurers.